Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. It was an absolute joy to interview Guyana Richardson, who's considered one of today's leading authorities on human sexuality. I've read every one of Diana's books and her work has been hugely influential, both in my personal intimate life and my professional life. So it's just been a real, just biggest treat to chat with her. Um, Diana's known as a pioneer of slow sex and has been running Making Love workshops for couples since 1993. And one of the many things I love about Diana is she has such a beautiful way of articulating around sex, love, intimacy, tantra in a way that's so grounded and that really transmits and conveys her deep experience and wisdom. So I really hope you enjoy this interview. We chat through so much. Diana talks about how we learn sex unconsciously and the different elements of what she terms conventional sex how we can unlearn ingrained sexual habits, why conscious sex is a better phrase than slow sex, what conscious sex is, and some of the keys to conscience, conscious sex, why sexual arousal is not a prerequisite for conscious sex, how to invite your partner to explore a different style of sex, and what happens in Diana's workshops, and so, so much more. So there's so much I didn't get to ask Diana, so I'm delighted that she's up for round two in the autumn. And so, yeah, just enjoy this conversation. You're in for a treat. Welcome to this episode of the podcast, and I'm absolutely delighted and honoured today to be joined by Diana Richardson. Welcome. Well, thank you, Sarah. Honestly, it is my joy and I'm also honoured to be invited to um, connect with you and share with your audience. Yeah, wonderful. Well, for me, it's such a, a such an honour because I've been following your work for so many years and I'm going to ask you to invite you to tell my listeners about it. And your work has so influenced my personal life and also my work with my clients, you know, your books have been some of the most recommended. So it's such a treat to have this conversation with you. So thank you. Oh, that's awesome, Sarah, especially you recommending my books. <laughs> that's sweet of you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm delighted to. So I'd love to start with you sharing with my listeners about who you are and what you do. <laughs> well, um, Look, put it like this, I never knew that my life would turn out in this way. Um, talking to you about sex, leading workshops for couples about sex, writing books. I started out in life as a lawyer. Uh, I was born in South Africa during the apartheid era. So I wanted to do something that could possibly contribute to improving the situation. But when I actually eventually got there, I realized there was nothing that I could do. 
And I I was always, um, I, I really just loved massage and body work. Uh, massage, from a kid, I was already uh, massaging my family and so on. So I decided then to, to go to the UK and actually learn massage and so on. And so, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> maybe 40 years ago or something wow. and um so I, I for for many many years I was actually a massage teacher and I have massage clinics and in different countries and so on and um that interest in the body made me also more interested in sex of course you know sex was in my life and so on but I heard uh, it must have been well, the early 80s, I heard uh, a couple of talks by an Australian person called Barry Long. And these were pretty like um, mind blowing talks. Also from the, the, the Tantra master Osho in India, I'd read some of his books, he was talking about uh, tantric sex, uh, mid 70s. And so with these two sources of inspiration, I started to put it into to my personal life and started to make love using the guidelines. And it was just so fascinating to see how things evolved and also how it impacted me as an individual. And so basically one thing led to another. Uh, eventually after some years of, of experimenting, I was living in a community and people would come, they noticed I wasn't on the scene anymore at the parties they're like where are you <laughs> <laughs> i was in bed and um but yeah people started to ask me questions about sex and i found that i could answer and it was oh that's interesting i i do i can answer because during the process of exploring one has insights and revelations and experiences and so on and that led to me starting to do like week-long courses for couples. And then um, also my first book, The Heart of Tantric Sex, I wrote that as an experiment. Um, it was to see if I could put into words what I'd felt in my body. Mm. So that was really how the writing started, just uh, yeah, and, and one thing led to another and publishers asked me to write different books and so on. So that's how come I by now have eight books, but I think that's enough now. It's too much time at the computer. But um, I'm, I'm still doing courses for couples and been doing that for with my partner for over 25 years. Yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised. To be here today it was never any plan or goal or anything it's just been how life has unfolded and what has been interesting is like the resonance with the books and with the workshops and that is something that has surprised me not well not actually surprised me because i know how beneficial it is for myself personally um, to make some shifts in the way I make love, but um, was just that the resonance it had with people. In other words, so many people are in a quandary about sex. And there's lots of different courses, you know, especially here in Europe, it's, it's pumping. 
and I started here in actually 1993 in Europe. Um, and I was like, oh gosh, look, there's so much going on in the name of Tantra, which can be interpreted in many ways, of course. Um, do, do I or do we have a place? But really we, we found a niche. And um, so many, many people who couples who have been to other workshops eventually end up with us. And somehow the kind of very grounded, the grounded simple information we give really hits a hits a, resonates with people so that has been been really uh, wonderful and more like nature speaking rather than because we did no promotion or anything like that it was mm. just like um, so yeah so here i am with you then that's lovely sarah <laughs> Wow, thank you so much for sharing. And I love how you share how it's just unfolded. And I loved what you shared about how when you started writing, it was you were trying to express what you're experiencing. And one of the things that I adore about your books is how you articulate everything. And it feels so embodied. And as, as, as I read sentences, I, it's not, I don't read it in a cerebral way. It's like, ah, oh, that's how awareness works. So just as little tidbits that I pick up from the book, I think your writing is just, is, is just absolutely wonderful and explains concepts that others can explain in quite a heady way, but in a way that really translates and people can really relate to and resonate with. Oh, beautiful. Great, Sarah. <laughs> so thank you. So this, this body of work, Slow Sex, I'd love to sort of, um, before we dive into what that is, I would love to hear what that isn't in terms of the people that show up at your workshops, the couples, the type of sex that sort of most people learn in, in, in this world. How would you describe it? Well, the first thing is it's an unconscious learning. Hmm. It's not like we choose to learn in that way. We are imprinted. So it, actually what we don't realize is that through growing up in the society, we are sexually conditioned. Mm. And all conditioning is happening, is happening on an unconscious level. So it's not like people choose that. So 99% of people make love in the same way uh, or expect a certain thing in sex. For sure, there's not, there are a few people who slip through that filter and who, who make love in a like completely different way and I've experienced that um, but essentially the kind of, the imprinting that we have received is all about um, that the orgasm the peak is why we have sex so all our uh, intention and all our effort goes into creating this peak experience. So we have this fundamental belief that sex is about intensity and about getting hot. And uh, to, so involved in that is a lot of um, people are very mechanical. And if you look, you know, as I did when I started, I look, my God, I'm really mechanical. And my body gets tense the closer I get to try and achieve this orgasm. And also um, fantasy is often a part of that picture because fantasy then helps to, you know, through the 
through through fantasy and imagination it, that helps you to to reach where you're going so the essential thing with what i call conventional sex is that it is very goal oriented so we start and we intend to get there and so this essentially we're in the future even if it's a, a split second we're not really here so there's a fundamental absence that is built into our conventional style of sex and it's not like necessarily you're thinking of your goal the whole time like i want to come but like i certainly noticed that i was interested in the next penetration not this penetration mm. so there's a subtle um and not so subtle but definitely observable interest in what's coming next not being with what is coming now and um also to increase the like sensation a lot of friction is used which creates like a, a overcharge and overheats the genitals so there's a lot of basic misunderstandings um through what we have received because it is possible uh to make love in a different way if one is more connected with the body like i said some people slip through that conditioning filter and while while conventional sex will be very linear people who are not imprinted in their minds it's much more like circular much more like a dolphin much more like rolling around and and um yeah but unfortunately in our society we are not really supported in being in our bodies and that is the, the basic problem or trusting our bodies mm -hmm. so our whole education is more about the mind and um, if you look at schools and so on there's sport maybe a couple of hours a week but again it's not how to be in your body it's how to use your body to be successful or ambitious or uh, to play a game and so on so what we essentially have lost is is a lot of innocence mm. in relation to to our bodies because of the imprinting and then today you have porno and so on it's always been there but it's highly accessible right you know it, we all know um so there's no longer this link back to to actually what the body wants to do mm. it's our minds pushing the body and of course the body does what does its best but but the source is the mind so it's more about listening in feeling to the body trusting the body and um to increase the level of presence um, and awareness now that is in itself is like an ongoing journey but it is so fascinating mm. yeah yeah wonderful so you've got this this difference between this conventional sex is pushing the mind-based versus the the slow sex is unfolding this allowing through the body and so you mentioned about our presence there which uh, is, is a fundamental piece of this so for somebody, what does it mean to have more presence during lovemaking? Well, firstly, I just want to address this term slow sex. Now, I do have a Ooh, book yeah. 
I do have a book called Slow Sex, and I do have a movie called a DVD called Slow Sex. But really, essentially, a better title would be Conscious Sex, mm. because that conveys actually the the, the foundation. <clears throat> But publishers have the last say, and slow sex sounds good, and, and it's fine. But if you use the term slow sex, it means, oh, I've got to slow down. Okay, now that's like suddenly something is imposed on you. And um, there's also the question, how slow is slow? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but if the first step is actually to be more conscious, and conscious means to have more attention inside your body. And when you're more conscious, you naturally slow down. So it's a very different route to, to, to being slow. And that's not only in sex. Like if I lift, lift up a teacup without any awareness, it's a fast movement. If I really lift it up, like now feel the weight of this cup, and exactly how much energy is required to lift it, it's a totally different movement. It slows right down. Um, and when one is slower, then, then sensitivity increases because you can feel more. If we're doing very mechanical and, and, and fast, um, we're kind of overriding a lot of sensual experiences or, or, or sensitivity. So really the body is the bridge uh, to, to being present and that's it. <laughs> Having body awareness, feeling into your body. Now, like I said, our education doesn't teach us that. Um, but it's not only in bed, it's like how we stand, how we sit, how we eat, how we walk. So a lot of us, we're thinking when we do these things, we're not actually feeling the body. Uh, for example, many people have the, the pattern of standing with the weight shifted more to one leg. Mm. You see it everywhere. But this, it means you're not really in the here now because you've taken your skeletal structure out of its alignment. Body is designed to have weight 50-50. Now, if you shift and you 75, 25, your whole perception changes how you see people, what you will say to people, um, how you feel about yourself. You, you become much more judgmental and critical. So there are these little things with our bodies that we do that actually impact our here now. Mm. And so that's why, like when we talk about being more present, um, it's not only in bed, it's definitely in the daily life. And these two things support and feed into each other. In the sense, the more aware you are in the daily life, it's easy to be more aware in bed and vice versa. Um, yeah, so to be more present, what I started with myself and um, then later, uh, you know, started to, suggest to other people was to to feel into the body and find a, a point that is easy for you to perceive an area it could be the solar plexus the low belly the heart it could also be asymmetrical some on you know 
on another side. It's just any place that is easy for you to feel inside your body. And most people can manage that. Mm -hmm. and, and when they don't, I always say, well, just choose a place and use that. And that becomes like an anchor point that whenever you find yourself in thought or drifting off, which is natural, um, one has to train oneself to keep more awareness in the body. So like now, as I'm sitting talking to you, I, I feel that. And, and then also what I, I really keep in my awareness as much as possible is my midline. Because if you, if you have a sense of your midline, then you can arrange your skeleton around that midline. Um, the breath, if we're aware of the breath, this brings us more into the present. If we have open eyes, this makes us more here. But again, there's a little art and how to use the eyes. It's not so much like looking outwards. Um, it's more like allowing things to, what I call receptive vision or soft vision, allowing things to enter the eyes because we, we actually think we have to look, but seeing happens. You open the eyes, they see, you don't have to look. But we kind of tend to look out instead of, let what's around us come in and that changes really completely how you see things and mm. um, relaxation now there's a big misunderstanding about relaxation relaxation does not mean being collapsing it means you know feeling feeling your body and just observing places that are tense and softening and then there's classic places uh, we all have similar places like the jaw, the shoulders. We all as a society tend to pull in the belly. Um, but belly should be relaxed because then you can feel more into the body and feel more into the genitals. Also, we have a tendency to contract what I call what is known as the pelvic floor. We tend to tighten up there. We tighten the anus. Um, if we are standing 50-50, many of us are locking our knees back. They should be a little forward. So it's all these little things that pull together, bring you more into the present moment. And really, when we look at it, the body is the only thing that exists in the present moment. Hmm. Mind is never in the present moment. It's either forward or backwards, thinking, you know, about the past or the future. But if we want to find the present, which is the actual key, is the body is the bridge. And so that's why to have body awareness is so, well, it's the way forward. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I mean, what a fabulous list of different things to explore. And I'm, I'm absolutely going to be watching my uh, weight distribution <laughs> from now on and noticing that because um, I've never given that any consideration and what a simple thing to do. But I can feel how much that can shift and people just to find an anchor point within. So there's some really great tips there. So thank you for sharing. And so when... Um, when somebody is so there's this stage of awareness of practicing more conscious sex and when somebody is so used to going for the goal and it feels like you know from my own experience and with my clients it feels like it's it just happens i'm, I'm there going for the goal and watching myself do it how do you um how can you 
unwind that that automatic um, response in the body and and shift your relationship with that well yeah that's a beautiful question and because it is essentially a, a process of unwinding and it takes time um, so it's like unlearning so we've learned something and we need to unlearn it and it requires awareness so already that you notice oops I'm already on my goal. That's already a first step in exercising your awareness. And you just keep doing that until at a certain point, you notice that actually you're doing it. And then you, you cut with the awareness and you just stop and, 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 and hold still. And then slowly, slowly, that association with like going on that track starts to unlock. And another thing is, is like often we, we, um, you know, we, we along in the here and now, and then suddenly that desire kicks in, right, um, uh, to come to a peak. And in that moment, uh, something can, can be done. If you catch it in that moment, that desire, and then face the desire, and just totally relax your body, then that vitality that was like on its way outward, because when we do come to orgasm, there is, it's an outward movement in the conventional sense, and it's like a discharge of vitality. So if you catch that moment, it's, it's just like a split second and hold still and just relax the whole body, then that what was on its way out, gets inverted and then accesses your inner sensitivity, your what I call the inner body, and raises the whole level um, of the experience. But you, you, we all know that once we start engaging with that desire, it's very hard to get off. Mm -hmm. no? um, because it's kind of in our psyche, it's also penetrated our cells, so, but in that moment where if you just catch it and relax, and it doesn't mean collapse, it means just like widen and give more space, then, then th th that vitality does something completely different. But it is a process and it doesn't happen from day to day. And there's nothing wrong in going for the goal. Hmm. Uh, um, so it's just like understanding okay, this is how I'm imprinted and I'm starting to play now with this turning point. And of course, in the process of my experimentation or anyone's is you are again and again going to go for the goal mm -hmm. because it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but what is interesting is starting to feel, observe how you feel afterwards because that is ultimately your teacher. And afterwards is what actually what taught me of course i had inspirations from people uh, barry long and osho but um what taught me was afterwards like how do i feel so in the conventional way we have a, a, this explosion what i call peak and discharge experience but you know if you if you look and you're really honest one feels disconnected afterwards and it is a bit bizarre because you're like totally plugged in, totally involved. And then you come to the speak and tuck, 
there's this disconnection and men of course know that very well this is quite a loss of energy um we know the joke men want to turn over and snore women feel often abandoned and sad or somehow they didn't really get engaged in the in the whole story um so that afterwards when, when you do learn to contain vitality is the way i would say it and not come to a peak like keep the the, the temperature sexual temperature cooler and and not finish with an orgasm you will see how different you feel mm. i mean it's amazing you feel full of love you feel connected with yourself with your partner and that that vibration one can call it the love vibration or or, or connection vibration continues um in, in into your daily life and the way you flow together and so on so it it is yeah at least when people start to practice one can extend the like length of time until you have an orgasm um <clears throat> and that's already a big help in in terms of supporting the the love and and the connection right um but it's also extremely interesting to um to disassociate from that pattern of course one can have one anytime but it's if you wish it's but it's a choice it's not just a habit and i think that's essentially the problem we have with sex is that we we're in a pattern of habits and our habit is to go there and there's no other little windows open and so you know changing the style opens another window which ultimately is a lot more fulfilling and 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 what to say yeah yeah and a lot more available i sort of think of peak sex as like vertical experience whereas the conscious sex opens up all these like dimensions of different places to explore well, exactly and that is perfect because like um tantra actually means expansion of energy expansion of consciousness um web of consciousness um and like you say if you look at regular sex it's vertical um it's not an expansion it's actually a compression and we're unconsciously you know through the imprinting and habitually compressing our energy mm. and releasing it so it, it's two totally different worlds and that conventional style even that we do it um for decades a lot of people have problems with it yeah. and that for men is a tremendous amount of performance pressure got to keep an erection get an erection keep it satisfy the woman of trying not to come and so for men this performance pressure is a huge burden and uh, women we we also have performance pressure but in a much lower level than the man and uh, but women what we've we've the pattern we're in is more pleasing mm. of course a man wants to please a woman but it's it's not the same thing as a woman so women 
we do we allow things to happen to our bodies or um that intuitively or in our essence we know it, it doesn't feel good but we step over our own boundaries and continuous sex so this stepping over one's own boundary ultimately does cause a withdrawal and a loss of interest in sex and a very, very simple thing is, is that generally speaking, and look, I am talking generalization. So what I say is not going to, you know, hit hit a spot with everybody. Um, but women tend to let their man into them before they actually feel ready to receive someone into their body. And I, I, I've seen, you know, I noticed that with myself and I've, you know, working with couples all this time and I used to do workshops for women and there's 60 women in front of me and I'd say, which of you women find that you let your man in too soon and every single woman will put their hand up. So that is just like something really, really simple. Also, maybe we talk about it later, but like women, a lot of women experience pain and sex. And we override that. We just kind of go ahead. We don't. The worst thing that you want to tell your guy is that that hurts. And you rather ride over it and make juicy sounds or whatever. Um, so there's a lot kind of going on in conventional sex that um, impacts us and and our sources of problems like this you know one big problem or perceived problem but it's it is that women lose interest in sex and that's really a truth you ask again again i ask women and in my couples retreats as well um you, you meet a guy and it's all hot and blah, 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 excellent. But then at a certain point, the body closes down, you see, because we, we're pushing and forcing it. And so there's this closure and it's not like women are not interested in sex. Um, it's that the body doesn't like that style. So you think, okay, let's just leave that alone. So there are these problems that are a byproduct of conventional, mechanical, goal-oriented sex that we don't perceive, we don't make the connection between how we have sex and how we feel. So we don't, in other words, what I want to say is we don't relate the problems like women having, like losing interest, men, uh, performance pressure, we don't relate it to how we have sex. Yeah. I think that's so important because um, often when I speak to women and they're saying they don't want to have sex, they don't desire sex, and then we explore the type of sex they're having. And I sort of pose, pose the question, maybe it's the type of sex you're having that's the issue. And it's like this light bulb goes on of like, wow. And, and so... Um, and it's so wonderful for people to hear that because they feel there's something up with them. Well, it's... Yeah. <laughs> they feel there's something up with them, but actually it's the type of sex they're having, just as you so beautifully shared. 
Well, absolutely. And, and that is the problem is um, that then we think, like you say, there's something wrong with me. They have, so this, this imbues a person with a lot of self-doubt and that is so disempowering. And um, also like with men and premature ejaculation, which is definitely happens. And this is again, to do with um, the sexual temperature. We just get too hot. We just get overexcited. And again, imbues a man with a feeling of not, not being man enough or lack of self-confidence and will also, also affect if he goes to a woman or not because he's afraid that, that he's going to ejaculate prematurely. And I've had in my workshops um, men say, my God, a 30-year premature ejaculation problem has, has disappeared overnight. And it's... It's just like that. You cool it down. You can last longer. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Sarah, you're absolutely on track there with with um, your client saying it, it's the type of sex. Yeah. And this is what is so beautiful with the whole tantric approach. Well, the approach I'm involved in. Um, is that it opens, like I said previously, another window, it gives you other options. Absolutely. And so you, and one of the things, um, you know, with this other style of sex, one of the things that I notice is, particularly I've had experiences with this with women, is they'll say they'd really love to try this, but their partner says, but it's great, it's really good. Why do we want to try something else? And, and, and the women I've spoke to have almost felt like they're, part, they're sometimes scared of saying it because they feel like their partner can take it as a criticism as well, when it's not about that, it's, it's about wanting to try something else. So for people listening, how might they invite their partner into this exploration? I'd love to hear your wisdom on that. Well, look, it is delicate. And it definitely is, comes more from women that they want to change than men because in fact women are more impacted uh, through the style and the thing is many men are happy with this conventional style because something in the psyche is fulfilled right but the thing is it's never really a fulfillment because you keep wanting it again and again whereas if it was really fulfilling uh, you wouldn't need it like as a as a need um it's more like a choice and, and you've but it is delicate and men are well again generally speaking it's a little bit like asking somebody well if you haven't tasted something how can you be interested in that or how can you long for that and i have had men saying oh my god i didn't know this kind of level of experience was available. I, I just didn't know. So it, the thing about sex is we get very identified with this is me and this is who I am. So there's this identification. Um, it does require an adventurous spirit and an exploration because actually nothing is taken away from you. You can do what you like. Um, so certainly in my workshops, I'm able to encourage 
um, men because I'm, I, I help people to connect with their own bodies and feel themselves more from the inside. And um, but I would just say, you know, like let's let's loosen up. Let's be <laughs> experimental. There's nothing to lose, um, but a lot to gain. Um, so yeah, and I think it's it's good. One thing that is interesting, though, is um, if a woman, for example, starts to be more present herself in sex, that can impact the man. Mm. So, and this is one of the, the, the alchemies with presence, is that it, it does transpose, it does transmit. And... Uh, <clears throat> So rather than saying to the man, like, um, don't move, you see what you do. You just relax, you widen, you soften, you breathe. And that will impact the quality of, of uh, the exchange. So it is, of course, like super nice if, if there's a cooperation and collaboration and you can play around with different tools and so on. But it is also very interesting, like, it, it does take a little practice, but just looking to what can I do to change myself and bring it into the situation. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. And another thing I've noticed over the years as well is that some people, when they start to explore conscious sex, because they're so used to the heat of sex, they the feedback is and I have experienced it myself it's like oh this is a whole new world but it's a bit boring compared to what I've experienced before so again is that just for just again I'd love to hear your wisdom on on that for people if they experience that well the thing is, is we, can, we can use sex in different ways and generally speaking we can say that sex is used for entertainment mm. so if you feel bored that means you have been using sex to entertain you not actually to dive more deeply into yourself as a human being mm -hmm. and fact is we do many many different boring things in our lives and we don't question it but sex is not allowed to be boring and this is because of this belief that sex has to be intense but boredom is good you just lie there and feel the, the, the one problem is is that because we've been so sensation-based in sex, we all, generally speaking, again, a little bit numb. So we can't actually access our senses. Also, the mind is thinking of something else, it wants something else. But when you start to find your, tune your sensitivity down more into the tissues of the body, and you can feel there's always little things happening. And that is where to go. Um, again, part of our imprinting is we, we, we look for big things. Small things are not important, but the small things are like little seeds. So if you just like can feel something, you know, that's good. And look, if you feel bored, I mean, what the hell, you're in bed, you know? And, and that's nice. You can kiss, you can cuddle. Um, so, so boredom is more just like the, from the psychology. Mm. It's not actually, the body is so grateful just to be 
and be quiet with somebody's attention turned in, just lying there, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and um, one of the things that was such a profound um, sentence when I read in your book was about feeling your breasts from the inside. And, you know, I'd done lots of breast massage and I would sit and just hold my breasts and feel them from the inside. And it was just like, wow, this whole world opened up. Right. And like you say, I love that you describe the small things as the seeds. Right. That with attention and awareness can, um, there's a rich, such a richness there. So, and I think one of the other things that comes with this boredom, particularly for, obviously for men, is the fear of losing erection and what that means. So I'd love you to speak a little bit to that. Look, there is, it, it is a tremendous fear that most men carry. And we all know, they know, we as women know that the penis does its own thing. It's not in like on-demand organ. Um, and even if a man manages to, with erection, there is still this fear underneath of losing it. And a lot of this, well, actually all the stimulation, the friction, the fantasy, the getting mechanical, all this is to keep the erection. But honestly, if, it, if the penis relaxes, I mean, it relaxes, that's okay. So quite a big shift is required uh, for a man and for a woman hmm. to accept that the penis is entitled to relax. <laughs> we, we can't force our psychology onto our body in that way. And... If, if a man does allow that, then it's highly possible that, that on a, like a, a feeling level or emotion level, that he might access very deep fears that are actually running his life or deep tension because how we are in sex is how we are in life, right? But if, if a man can just be more connected with the penis, let, let it relax if it needs to and stays with it, it's it's tremendously healing and integrating because like i said all there is this underlying fear of not being potent enough not being a real man and if if no erection well if erection goes down inside just stay with it but if there's no erection in general you see one of the problems with with the, the conventional way is that Without erection, we can't have sex. So that's the big pressure, right? But it is totally feasible to, to learn, and it's described in my books, how to put the penis in, in his relaxed state into the vagina. And look, of course it's different, you know? And it does take a while to tune into it, but it's great. You can just put the penis in, let them just lie together, hang out together, be together. Uh, maybe you feel something, maybe you don't, maybe you get bored, maybe you don't. But just to give these organs a time to be together in innocence and simplicity. And, and one magical thing, and, and it's, you know, it's good to say it, but it's also very delicate because we have so many expectations around sex. Mm. And then by saying this, like one is raising expectations. But if if a couple, man, man is inside woman, and both just totally relax and accept 
and, and stay present, then through magnetism between the penis and vagina, one can experience what we I call a spontaneous erection. In other words, an erection that's not forced, but it, it's um, arising through this magnetic connection that exists um, between penis and vagina. And that is just like awesome. And again, that kind of erection doesn't need friction to sustain it, or as long as your awareness is there, the penis is, is there. But the minute I think about lunch, as a woman, it starts to unwind. It's so sensitive. So, yeah, it's, it's really good to, to take the pressure off of the penis. And what I do really suggest to women is to, to hold the man's penis. Um, like, like men, what I have noticed, men are very embarrassed about their relaxed penises. The penis is only really a penis when he's, you know, in his full glory. And, but if a woman can just hold the penis, just with love and awareness, not to get him hard and excited, this is very relaxing for a man to feel that it helps to him to bring down his awareness into the penis itself and in the same way for for a man um to hold a woman's breasts like often the the approach to the breasts is through titillation uh, especially with the nipples and trying to excite a woman but again to hold to help a woman like you were saying to feel more inside the breasts and this really opens a woman's body so it, it's good to really make a shift in how we touch each other and what's the motivation because the penis is very perceptive if a woman touches with um, wanting to make create a react an erection like the penis very often is going to go like excuse me <laughs> you know give me a break <laughs> um so there's a lot really a lot um that one can just play with and see where it goes, not having rules or what, what I say, tools, not rules, and just to be more adventurous. But often because of the ego and our fixed ideas, it's tricky. But if you start to explore with sex, it really opens up a new window in your life generally. And most of us like mid 50s whatever whatever things start to look um well you know <laughs> this is uh is this really life but if you start to play with sex it opens up a whole new adventure in your life and really raises the spirits raises the love of course when if people the earlier they start the better i started with my early 30s so now i'm 68 i think i started when i was 32 so it's been a substantial part of my life mm -hmm. um and that's why i wrote a, a book for young people called cool sex because many parents are really in a confused state like especially the ones that come to the workshop so how can we pass this on to our children? So that's was the motivation for writing um, 
the book for young people. And it's more important now because of the impact pornography is having on the innocence and naturalness of, of children who then become adults. So the earlier you can start, the better. But but like my in 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 my workshops, the age range has been 18 to 80. Wow. So a man came when he was 80 with his 78-year-old wife. And so you can pick it up anytime. And he, I mean, so awesome. He, he said, this is the most important seven days of my life. Wow. A man to have that humility and that openness at 80 and actually find a way back into, into sex that was nourishing and fulfilling and so on. So I say that just that it doesn't matter where you are, how long you've been together, what's the time, your, your age, is that it does open a window. Yeah, Seems to open a window for everybody. Like I've had couples who've been together four months and come to my workshops and I've other, had couples who come been together for 50 years. So it's as soon as you bring the awareness in and, and start to be more conscious and what you do and how you do it. Um, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And and is this one of the questions I, I had? Is this is this open to people of um, different sexual orientations? And, and yeah, I'd love you to speak to that. Um, look, the, the principles are absolutely available to any two people. So um, awareness, presence, relaxation, less goal orientation, all this anybody. Uh, can explore it's you know clearly i'm heterosexual it's really on the genital level how we then arrange ourselves um so obviously adaptations have to be made depending on the combination um but the even the principles in, in bringing those into play totally change the quality of the exchange so while Yes, I am heterosexual. I do know because I did work with some same-sex couples a long time ago and know that they were impacted in a positive way. Um, so definitely, well, actually what I'm waiting for is a body of work to come from these people. Mm -hmm. that, that would be so interesting because sometimes I do like, and what about same-sex and, and us? And I just have to apologize and say, okay, I'm, I'm heterosexual, but explore and write about it or begin to share that because that is a body of work that is needed and is mm -hmm. totally valid and becoming more and more needed and valid. Yeah. But Barbara Corellas, do you know Barbara Corellas in America? She's a great place to start with this. She's written a lot around this. So, um, so yeah, I can put her link in, in the show notes as well. So, okay, I've I've never heard of her. I don't know anybody oh. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Barbara and hers came. Her work came out of going to tantra workshops in America many many years ago, and because their focus was heterosexuality, she was like, "What's here for me?" And then she started practicing and exploring. So I'll send you her link to her work. She's she's, okay. uh, she's written a book called Urban Tantra, which she has a same, okay. she has a same sex partner and very much forefront of the queer movement you could call it and she's brilliant okay. at what she does she's a delight so yeah well, that's super nice because 
I wrote a book for women, Tantric Orgasm for Women. Yes. And now through, because of the heart of tantric sex, some same-sex gay ladies and women started to experiment with this, my suggestions to be more with the breasts and less with the clitoris. And they had amazing experiences and they wrote to me about that. So I was able in my tantric orgasm for women book to include a, a same-sex uh, chapter. Yes. But when I did the book for, for um, men, I hadn't got any males and um, gay guys writing to me yeah. i would have been so happy to to include something but that's 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 um good information thank you oh you're so welcome and i um and, and i've given i have had conversations with some gay friends about tantric sex for men who i've given the book to and I, just for example just the reframe around erections and everything there's so much wonderful stuff in that book for any a, 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 a male body of any sexual orientation so so yeah it's wonderful what's emerging in the world with all of this so right right so I'd love you to finish because you mentioned your workshops so I'd love you to could you give people a sort of a, a visual of what happens in the workshops? Because somebody might be thinking, oh, what if I'm going to come with my partner? How does that look? <laughs> right. Well, the first thing, it is only for couples. Yep. So you come with your partner and that's who you do the whole workshop with. So there's no group sex. There's no nudity. There's no the, the privacy of each couple. We really, really honor and we support that. So there's not this, like, because there's all different ideas of what it means yeah. to workshop. And basically, it's a week long, uh, because one needs that time, okay? People say, can't you do it in a weekend? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's lovely. We, a lot about the body, L like literally um, through different meditations, dancing, different kind of movement, like say, for instance, Tai Chi or Qigong, help to people, uh, people to be more in their bodies, like in, help people again and again to, to anchor, anchor inwardly. Um, and then we give talks, um, one each day. It's a very slow deepening process. And... Um, then people also are given time to practice in privacy. So we always have a residential facility. Each couple has their own bedroom. And um, then people put into practice what they hear, they play around. Then, you know, we have sharings and so on. And sometimes different kind of body work um, exchanges and so on within the couple. Yeah. Um, so basically, in a way, it's like a download of the books but in real time, but the, 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 the actual real thing is like to take that home and put it into practice on a regular level. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is a challenge to, to create the time and, and, and give the priority. But many, many couples do manage, but one has to be actually want that in your life. And um, but yeah, so so that's the workshop and it's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's my dream to come to one of your works one of your weeks one day <laughs> well do my dear i'm, I'm gonna retire in a few years <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and and so and so um 
I'm conscious of time. And I just one final question around this, because you mentioned in the book as well that sexual arousal is not a prerequisite for conscious sex. And I think that's really important to mention because a lot of people think, oh, if I'm not feeling aroused, then I'm could put all sorts of meaning and story to it. So I'd love you to speak about that part before we well, finish. Basically, often the motivation for sex is being feeling horny. So mm. we associate sex and feeling like some kind of urge or tension and it's a bit disorienting when you don't have that but the fact is is that if you just play around and, and be in your body and and whatever the bodies are actually happy to join together um so so you don't need desire you don't need excitement in fact the more cool you are excitement increases heat right the more unexcited you are, <laughs> the more, the more um, things can evolve. So that is another big misunderstanding. I've got to feel horny now. Yeah. Often the feeling of being horny is actually just stress and tension mm. accumulated in regular life. And sex is then used not as a way to make love and connect, but as a way to discharge stress. And so it's really good to, to start to observe that and find other ways to discharge the stress in your body. You know, do some kind of exercises or jump around or dance or liberate that tension and not use the sex, sexual channel. Mm -hmm. And so that you keep the sexual channel really for love and exchange and not just because I got upset at work today, I'm feeling a bit wired, um, let me quickly have sex or masturbate and so on. Look, I'm not saying any of these things are wrong. It's just really good to, to observe why we have sex. And like I say, often it's not to, to be loved, to be loving, mm -hmm. to connect, to bond, uh, to share. It's more like an easy pressure valve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. That's important for people to hear. So. Um, I have to let you go. Unfortunately, I have so many more questions. And one final question is, this is the Sexy Life podcast. So I'm curious as to what does living a sexy life mean to you in the broadest of sense? Um, living a sensual life. Like even the word sexy sounds like a projection. Mm. In other words, I'm being sexy, right? Or you do something sexy. But the moment you come into your senses and, and sensuality, that something kind of like emerges from you. And so I, so I would say a sexy life is an inner sensual life. Mm. And, and all try and be in the senses and in the body uh, day by day. <laughs> Beautiful. And um, where can people find you online? Yeah, website is um, www.livinglove.com. Or there's also loveforcouples.com. Beautiful. Um, and yeah, all the books are there. People can check it out. Some interviews, a TED talk that I gave and um, retreat information and so on. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I'll put those in the show notes and I really recommend them. Like I've showed you before, I have a, all your books here and um, I've enjoyed each and every one of them. And there's so much practical information in there as well as just wonderful wisdom, advice. Um, so really highly, highly recommend them. So thank you so much for your time 
today and your wisdom and your joy and your experience. I really, really appreciate it. Well, Sarah, it's been awesome with you, especially with the, you know your level of experience and the contribution you made made it much easier for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a pleasure. I really hope to have you back because, like I say, there's a heap more questions I'd love to explore with you. So, well, well, let's do that. Let's do that. Be I lovely. Love that. Especially because we just have an hour between us, not, you're not like yes. in Australia or West Coast USA, which is <laughs> a bit of a nightmare. I mean, scheduling and so yes. on. Yeah, of course. Brilliant. Thank you, Sarah. Take care. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful yes, rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast with me, Sarah Rose Bright. I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy, and I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sararosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running. Wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day.